Welcome to the Football Pool Podcast version. This is season three of the podcast, episode one. Uh, this is season 19 of the Football Pool, and we're in week one. And with me this week, I'm your host, Brad Zinner, and also the commissioner. Uh, with me this week is reigning champion, defending champion, Sarah Santes. Welcome, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, Sarah, just to kind of revisit for everybody uh, who was in the pool last year and even for some of the uh, new people uh, this year, Sarah won the season pool last year with 35 points. And actually, you won with in a tiebreaker, right? That is right. Yes, it was a nail biter <laughs> for sure. So, and how we do this is in week 17, you not only make your picks for the for the week like you normally do, mm -hmm. but then you pick every game in the um, in the lineup, and you pick, and then we just take whoever has the most gets the wins the tiebreaker. And um, like I'm looking here, I can't even remember what. Do you remember what the score was in the tiebreaker? No, I mean looking at the spreadsheet here. It's you wrote in here win ten to nine. Yep. Does that mean that I got 10 right and Sheila got nine right? So yep, that's it literally exactly came right. down to one game. Yep. And Isn't that crazy? Well, yeah. And in the last week with my own picks, I didn't get any. And I knew that right away. Yeah. Um, so I was panicking immediately when week 17 started. And I, didn't, I knew I wasn't going to have any points. And it looks like I must have been up by just four. And yep. yep because then Patricia got four points on that last week. But then with my overall picking all of the games, yeah, I ended up getting 10 right where she got nine right. Yeah. yeah. But I waiting for that email to come through, Brad, <laughs> was pretty funny. I was, I don't think I've refreshed my phone so many times in a day <laughs> and tried so hard not to bother you with the text. Um, waiting very patiently. I knew you were working hard to get that. <laughs> um, I literally, I actually do remember the exact moment. I was at home. James and I were both home that day yeah. and um, actually went for a ride on the Peloton and I kept I literally was refreshing all the way up till, and I'm like, I just got to do something else. Went for a ride, and then as soon as I was done, refreshed, and it was there. And I thought for sure James had already seen it. Um, I literally come sprinting up the stairs, still wearing my shoes, scratching up the floor, I'm sure, and screaming that I had won. Um, and then he, of course, had to verify it and pull out his email, too. Um, and then, yep celebrating <laughs> that's awesome so uh, a couple of things to unpack there one is um, um, your husband is Fallon's uh, finance director James Santes um, he is a huge gambler by nature himself right <laughs> uh, gambler yes but the bottom is mostly is that he's very competitive oh, so yeah. there's not money on the line like just 20 minutes ago, he is literally shooting Nerf darts with my daughter, who's four, and they're being very competitive. <laughs> yes. yep. you she got has that. to stand behind the line. She can't step over the line wow. um, shooting Nerf guns. So, yes, wow. it's not just money. It's just competition. <laughs> so do you, two, um, do you two have friendly, like, husband-wife rivalries? Like, not only just in in the pool, but in like other, other activities you guys do? Yeah, um, not ones that are like super like religious or like all the time, 
but right. yeah, we, you know, even just like guessing how long it's going to take us to get from point A to point B, you know, that's not always like what the other person's going to win, but there's constantly that, yeah, like who's, who's going to be right. Who's going to pick this. And we used to, I mean, when we first started dating, I think we actually would put stuff down, you know, like clean the dishes or take out the garbage and you know, all that type of stuff. Um, and we used to do that a little bit more than now. Now it's pure on just breaking rights because we've been right. together long enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. And so the second thing is, um, so you talked about how nerve wracking it was. And that last week, I'm looking at the totals now. And that last week, only three people got points. So it was very similar to many weeks last year in that there was always that one or two team upset that mm -hmm. would, um, would send everybody back, right? Right. Um, so you had started out the season um, three weeks in a row, six, five, and five, 16 points, 16 of your, of 35 points were in the first three weeks. Yeah. And, uh, I'm sure like, and, and I'm almost sure that you were in the lead then every week, either in the lead or tied every week of the season, right? Well, yeah, that changed my whole strategy. Then I stopped going for weekly wins right, right off the bat and just turned it completely to thinking about the whole season. And, and then I just was ended up being fortunate that there were so many upsets. Um, yeah. At any time, if I had dropped down, I think more, but more than like five to six points from the lead, I was planning on going into just going for the weekly payouts. Um, but just miraculously, I had multiple weeks of zero and right. just was able to get back into it um, with a couple of lucky picks during certain weeks. So that's, that's interesting that you say that it changed your, your strategy changed oh, right off the bat, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. Last week or last year, I should say, or not last year, two years ago was yep. my first year in it. Yep. And I was only going for weeklies. Yep. Um, I don't think I've got any for the first few weeks. Yep. I think there's only like two or three weeks I actually got points last year <laughs> or the year prior to last yeah. my first year in, um, yeah, I definitely didn't win very many um, points at all throughout that season. That's mostly going for the weekly ones. So now that you've won and you're defending champion, you mm -hmm. not, and I don't want you to reveal anything you don't want, you don't feel comfortable <laughs> in revealing, but. There's some deep secret, of course. <laughs> do you think like, and you don't have to reveal your strategy, okay. but do you, do, do, have you kind of defined your strategy for this year already or is it going to be based on how you do the first few weeks or what? I really think it's me based on how I do the first few weeks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, with this, this season is completely crazy with COVID and, you know, I, we, I've done one fantasy draft for, um, I'm in two different leagues. Mm -hmm. I actually have done the both, sorry. I've, I've done both of our drafts um, and even just picking teams and our players and trying to figure out how the fantasy leagues are going to go has just been, you know, such a big question mark. Like one of our drafts, we completely changed it up. We're not doing defense. We're not doing a kicker. We're having um, a super flex position as well as a flex position, you know, just knowing. And then we added bench players to both teams, you know, just knowing you're going to have to have so much backup and stuff. And so I think the same thing's going to happen with this too, where it's, you know, there's probably full on games that don't even happen. And, um, you know, so I think the numbers, I feel like the numbers are probably going to be really low. Um, but I mean, I'm going to go into it trying for weeklies, I think, 
again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then if, you know, see how things go and then see if there's even a chance for the full payout at the end. Right, right. Yeah, I think this this year, well, at, in the first few weeks especially, mm-hmm. n- nobody has any preseason games to base any opinions right. on. So unless you've done some serious, like, reading up on – on teams and you know it's it's a fun pool and you're only investing 20 bucks so how much research is are people really going to invest they probably are i i hope people are because they're taking it seriously but um i don't i couldn't tell you anything outside of the vikings what what other teams are doing yeah a question for you are you planning on um if teams pull last minute for some reason the game's canceled are you requiring us to get an email in to pull our pick for that? Or is that considered a loss if you don't? No. So what I'm going to do this season, and normally I, I, so this, um, this has come up in years past with ties in that um, um, people have said, well, a game is tied. Nobody wins. You should throw it out and just call it like a push. And uh, the approach I've had with ties has always been, you pick a winner of a game. Right. Yeah. If the team doesn't win, you don't win. It, that mm-hmm. seems easy. Now, um, however, though, COVID has thrown a complete curveball to everything. So basically, uh, this year, if you pick a game that, is a, that ends up being canceled because of COVID, uh, we're just going to take that game off of the off of the board. So if you pick five games and one of those is a COVID canceled game, uh, you've only got four. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah, that's the only thing. Numbers could be super low because of that. So. Yeah, and I think like uh, so I'm doing that for a few reasons. One is for fairness, and two is I think that um, managing all these changes like especially if a team has to has to cancel or postpone a game on a saturday because 14 players got tested positive it's just going to be too hard to manage so basically like if you uh if you pick if you pick a covid game and the game is canceled or postponed um it it just doesn't count mm-hmm. So. Yeah, think about you managing it. Think about Zimmer and all those guys actually managing. <laughs> I, I I know, right? No, I couldn't imagine. Um, but you know, but that's something to look forward to. I think like the the NFL has seen enough of other sports and how they've attempted to do this. Right. Yep. At the very least, they can tell their players like, if you're gonna be an idiot, mm-hmm. we're all gonna pay for it, right? right. Yep. Um, so, um, are you a Vikings fan? I am. Yeah. yeah. Born and raised, like, exactly, you're from yeah. South Dakota, I think, right? Exactly, yep. I'm from South Dakota. Um, my history with the Vikings comes back, comes from my mom, actually. Mm-hmm. She was born and raised in Minnesota. She lived mostly, like, in Marshall. I think she was born in Cottonwood, I think was the name of the town. Um, okay. but grew up and went to high school in Marshall. And she has four brothers. And so she, when she's the only girl in the family, and so she was raised watching football and cheering for the Vikings. And I remember as a kid, um, I'm the youngest of three girls, and my dad wasn't a huge football fan. He usually cheered for whoever my mom wasn't cheering for. Um, that's kind of how their relationship was. <laughs> and so I remember like having homework questions and sitting at the kitchen table where our, our family TV was, and I'd have to wait till commercial to ask questions during Vikings games. And so then my mom would talk to me about football if I wanted to talk about football. 
but if I had homework questions, I had to wait till, till timeouts and halftime and, and commercial breaks. And so I learned at a very young age about biking from my mom. So that's something that we've always bonded over and really liked that connection that we have. That's awesome. Moved, yep, we moved out to New York for a while, and um, that's where I met James, who's a diehard Giants fan. He tried real hard. Um, he did succeed in having me turn into a Yankees fan as well as a Twins fan. I never yep. left the Twins, but I did share for the Yankees. We went to quite a few games. Um, baseball is just harder. You, there's too many games, and especially when you're at a place where they don't televise them all. You know, you sure. have a really hard time. But oh, I lived out in New York, though. I would drag him to a bar on Sundays if the Vikings weren't being televised out on the East Coast. And he not, I mean, it wasn't too hard to convince a dude to go to a football game, you know, ballers <laughs> on Sundays. So he would always go. Um, but he did miss his Giants on the couch sometimes, so we could go watch the Vikings play too. And was there, did you go to like Vikings bars, specific Vikings bars, or just go anywhere that could have a game? Yeah, so we lived on the Upper West Side, and there was just a really good sports bar just around the corner from us that had NFL ticket, and they were great on putting, you know, the signs on the, on the TVs and stuff. It was just a really fun bar to go to, so that's usually where we went. I had done the research, and there was one on the east side that I never actually ended up going to. Um, but, you know, I always wore my jersey, and there would always be like one or two other Viking player fans in the bar. And we'd awesome. seek each other out. Um, and I would also make a point to go pretty early to make sure one of the decent TVs had it on. <laughs> um, and ask kind of, can you switch it to this one? Because this is where my table is. Um, so I would, awesome. And there usually wasn't too much pushback as long as there wasn't a big game on. The, obviously, I couldn't pick the best TV. Um, but they didn't really push back too hard. Nobody dislikes Viking fans. Like, you right. know, I'm not asking to, you know, I'm not out in New York asking to put the Dallas Cowboys on. You know, I'm asking. Nobody really gets mad at Viking players. Right, right. <laughs> sure. Get that. Fans, and, yeah. and do you have a favorite uh do you either have a favorite current or an all-time viking or both that that you uh... um i mean right now it's rudolph i really he's just a good all-around guy you know um you know i went to one of the Fallon events too that he was at he was the most personable guy there um you know took the time to talk and everything so currently yeah he's been my favorite um alan back in the day i always wanted i always wanted a female alan jersey um defensive player um jared Jordan. allen yeah, he yep. was when I was like, growing up. I was like him. Oh, and also liked um, Mike Smith. I think was his. He was a wide receiver. Um, he actually went to medical school. I remember. So I was one of the first. My mom always talked to me about like you know, you know, they can be they can be smart too, you right. know, and all that. And so I remember following him for a while too. I don't know if Mike was his first name was Smith. Yeah, you know, I have to come back on that one. Yeah. Tested me a little hard there on that one, but um, I do remember a wide receiver that left the Vikings and went to medical school. Yeah. Um, but it was a while ago, like in the 90s. And what jersey, what jersey do you have, or jerseys? Like um, actually, the only jersey, I have a female jersey right now of Peterson. Okay. And that one's a little frustrating still. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That yeah. one's a little tough. I, yeah, I, that one, one I wanted, and then never, I could never find it in a girl's jersey. I did have it in a guy's jersey more, basically as like a dress with like tights underneath it. Right. Uh, right. So I had that one for a while too. And now you really can't wear it even. Yeah. God darn it. It's frustrating, yeah. yeah. I know my kids had one too, and they got one for as a gift, and yeah. it's just, this is hard to see it on him, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. And now, like, he's now out of the league, like, they'll watch him. Uh, actually, just Detroit signed him. Oh, really? Just today yeah. or something? Uh, two days ago. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. Isn't that something? Okay. Yeah. Wow. He's going to be in your, isn't that your, your bonus game? Yeah. Oh, that's right. This week. That's right. That is the yeah. bonus. Game. Um, okay. So a uh, couple more things and we'll uh, go over the week's matchups and then, and then call it a day. Um, um, 
uh, tell me, uh, tell everybody, what do you do, um, Sarah, for a living? Sure. Um, I'm a physician assistant at Hennepin Healthcare, well, otherwise known as Hennepin County Medical Center, HCMC, and I work in the orthopedics department. Um, and as a PA, uh, we see clinic patients, like we have our own patients that we see in the clinic with any orthopedic complaints. And then I'm in the operating room a couple days a week. And I specifically work with our foot and ankle surgeon. And so majority of the time I do foot and ankle stuff, but if there's other surgeons that need help in the OR, they're light on doing assistance or whatever, then um, I can flex into any of the ORs as well. So um, being in the healthcare field, mm -hmm. um, especially with COVID, now what, what the general public thinks is like it was, it's all hands on deck. You are COVID this, you had to tell all, like yeah. you're in the hot zone, everything. Like what's been your experience then in your, in your uh, area mm -hmm. with the, in the last six months? Yeah, so it was interesting. Um, since we're pretty specialized, orthopedics is pretty specialized. You know, we were, you know, hands on deck in the sense with our team. Um, we did what we could to keep us functioning and making sure that our patients were getting the best care as well as keeping us you know, healthy and ready to be there as needed. So we actually immediately went into a team um, and funny because Orthopedics is also competitive and very team-like. Um, we went down into three teams right away as soon as COVID hit like early March where one team would be on site um, all seven days of the week. We would be there mostly just during the days, but then there would be a couple of us, a couple of people that would stay overnight to or be ready to be there overnight if any surgeries came in. Mm -hmm. Then the other two teams would be at home um, doing video visits, phone visits, answering emails, all that kind of stuff, and then educating the residents because we have a, a good residency program for orthopedics at Hennepin as well. And so a lot of education in Zoom you know, lectures and things like that, just to make sure that everybody was still learning what they needed to learn as well. And so, and then the idea behind that is if somebody in your team ended up getting COVID, then you would have your two weeks at home quarantining, getting healthy, whatever needed to be done. And so the whole team, the whole orthopedics department wouldn't go down at once. Okay, um, anesthesia sense. did that too. Like that's another team that would have to do that in the hospital just to keep people healthy. Um, unfortunately, our department actually, one resident um, got COVID mm -hmm. and one nurse but our, it was a clinic nurse that he actually volunteered and was over in the COVID clinic testing people. Okay. And so can't really even say he even got that in orthopedics. Um, and one of our scribes, but that was even way later on. Um, but during the actual like heat of everything when we were in these teams, we managed to keep our whole department healthy. Um, we never ended up getting anybody yeah, with it. Um, but those seven days on were pretty rough. You know, so that was our hands on deck time. It was showing up at, you know, 536 o'clock in the morning seeing what cases all came in overnight, you know, and, you know, you would think it'd be pretty quiet because people should just be at home quarantining, right. but that's not how Minneapolis is. There's still drunk drivers. There's still a lot of car accidents. And unfortunately, our, the IV drug use really went up. We got a lot of infections, a lot of just people making really poor decisions that ended up needing really? trauma surgery, you know, done right away that next morning. And so um, those are the people we were kind of taking care of. And then just kind of fielding anything that the hospital needed help with you know usually like if we get somebody in that's a bad diabetic and has all these other issues you know we don't take them as our primary even though they have a broken ankle you know they'd be the medicine team and we would just kind of fix their ankle and let medicine deal with everything else well if we could handle them we would keep them away from the medicine department because they had all the COVID patients to take care of and so that was how the orthopedic department was able to help out we like stepped in where we felt comfortable and could really you know take away some burden from the other departments that were getting overrun 
Mm-hmm. Um, one of our nurse practitioners, she actually had a, a lot of inpatient experience. So she actually went in on the weekends that she wasn't on with our orthopedic team and would go help out on the COVID units because mm-hmm. she had the medical knowledge and the background to feel like she could really assist there. We as PAs all talked about like we were ready and willing to go into the emergency department and help out with, you know, some issues that would come in that weren't COVID related. We just didn't have the experience with it. So, um, but luckily Hennepin stayed, you know, they just really buckled down and, you know, did what they needed to do and kind of stayed even keel throughout the whole process and never really got into that scary mode where there wasn't enough people there to take care of the sick. So I was pretty proud of the hospital overall. That, so that's that's really impressive because you know especially early um, and we're uh, I, I don't want to make turn this into a political anything mm-hmm. you know we'll just talk about the health kind of healthcare like scenario mm-hmm. um, that early on you heard all kinds of locations and hospitals and running out of PPE mm-hmm. and um, doctors and nurses working 18 hour days. And, um, and um, I, you know, I, the, the stress level must have been off the charts in some places, but it sounds like at least the, the hospital leadership mm-hmm. had a decent plan in place that um, was manageable. Yeah, I mean, there was obviously the frustrating times, like, just for an example, like protocols, everybody wants a protocol, and you just kind of expect that there's a protocol. Well, there's no protocol with COVID, you know, even so I had a potential exposure, I was doing a surgery on a patient, we presumed they were negative, um, because they came in with a broken ankle, she was walking her baby and fell and, you know, needed surgery on her ankle, no Mm -hmm. signs, symptoms, nothing. I mean, we're wearing our regular surgical PPE, you know, save yourself from anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but not the above and beyond that people were doing for COVID, the N95s or the Pappers and, and things like that. So we did surgery on her and then found out like literally an hour after surgery that we were preemptively testing everybody. We just had the results back yet. Hers came back positive. And yeah. so then we all just kind of stared at each other like, well, now what are we supposed to do? Like, right. do I go home? Like, do I continue to work? Do I, like, what's the protocol? I was like, what's the protocol? And we didn't have one. And so then it was just like having to be smart, use your knowledge, use what we know. And so then it was just like, then my N95 did go on, you know, I'm not protecting anybody else that I come in contact with. And it was getting the tests done that needed to be done. And so I went and got my own COVID test. It came back negative. Um, and then it was just, you know, still kind of waiting because there's only been like seven days since I got tested. And also you start hearing, oh, people get positive 10 days later. It's like, right. well, I go back now 10 days. And so that's the really frustrating parts. And those are the parts that were like, when we're all in the heat of it, yeah, I, I wasn't happy. I wasn't, I, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I felt uncomfortable coming home to my husband and my kids. And you know, what, what am I, just that wondering and wanting to have more answers. And then yeah. looking back at it now, we can kind of all, you know, realize a lot of it might've been overhyped, but that's what was really frustrating. There's just no protocol. When it came down to the PPE, we actually, the chief of, of orthopedics, he actually went out to a sporting goods store and he bought us all ski goggles, like not the downhill scheme, but these ones that had good shields on them. And he just came and gave one to each one of us said, put your name on them because we don't need to take the ones that the hospital has. Like, I'm going to go get us these. We can do that. You guys awesome. keep these. You do a good job keeping them clean. And this is what you guys are going to use now, you know, and until more become available through the hospital. And it was a lot of brown paper bags, put your name on it, label things, keep things clean, just be smart. 
And mm -hmm. so that's what our whole hospital, I mean, you saw these brown paper bags labeled like they were gold, <laughs> you know, keeping what you needed and, you know, getting what you needed for that day and trying to use it as long as you could. And, and now we're back at the point that we won't get all the stuff back that I remember using in surgery, um, but it's slowly coming back. And, but we've learned to just kind of not necessarily hoard, but, you know, know what's available, know who needs it and give it to the people that need it. And if you don't need it, then, you know, we never had students for a long time. Now students are just starting to come back, you know, and we're still kind of lenient and like strict on them. Like, do you really need to come into and see this? If you don't, then don't use the PPE for it. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'll come out and teach you or tell you everything that just happened in the rooms. If you don't need to be in, then let's not waste the stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so. And um, do you, let me, uh, I'm going to try and ask this um, as best as I can. Do you ever, like, especially after that surgery, like, do you, do you have fears, concerns, like, not only for yourself, but, like, yeah, for bringing it home and James and yeah. the kids and, like, yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, I just, this is the one thing I talk to. Uh, I feel like I'm a, I'm a person that people sometimes reach out to to get calm advice. Um, mm -hmm. It takes a lot to get me really riled up. And so one thing I've told people, and like, most like I talk with our medical assistants, you know, that just, they're not in all the meetings that we're in, but yet they're there on the front lines and everything too. And they're not always getting everything relayed to them. So my piece of advice and how I live through this whole process is be able to go home each night, look yourself in the mirror and be able to fall asleep in your bed comfortably, knowing that you had done everything you felt comfortable that you needed to do to protect yourself, your patients and your family. And so that's just kind of how I live it. And, you know, it's not fun to walk around all day long wearing a surgical mask tied around my face where, you know, also when I went back, I was still, um, I had a daughter that I was still breastfeeding and needed to pump. And my supply plummeted because I wasn't drinking water anymore during the day because I was wearing masks all the time. You know, and, and just having those type of sacrifices where it's like, I need to go into a room, I need to guzzle a gallon of water because I'm not getting my water in throughout the day. But it was more important to keep that mask on all day and not try to, you know, not listen to the rules or the recommendations that were currently going on. And even though they were changing every day, the recommendations were changing every day. It's like, you need to do what you need to do to feel comfortable. I just don't feel like it's important to push back on things because you don't understand the why they're making the rules. The rules right now are wear your mask. So I'm like, I can do that and then have a clear conscience when I go home at the end of the day. Maybe in months on the road, we'll find out that that was all a waste, but I felt good in the time I was doing it. And then I can live my life and, you know, come home and hug and kiss my kids after I showered. Um, and, you know, just, just feel comfortable with my decisions each day. And so to yeah. me, that was just following the recommendations that have been given out by the people that spend their life researching and learning all about this. And they know way more than I do. So, I, I mean, that's the, the that's there's two things there that that I'm completely 100% on board with is that there's some a, a lot of smart people around mm -hmm. who, who have studied stuff like this yep. their whole lifetime. Now, does that mean they're right every single time? No, <laughs> but nope. um, you're gonna you'd rather have somebody like that listening to somebody like that than listening to me you know right <laughs> or even um, like my headlines that i read you know it's like my background also before i went to pa schools i did research i worked at columbia university doing research on parkinson's and schizophrenia and i spent my days in meetings called like journal club where we'd go and talk about all these articles that are out there you know i 
I've been so fortunate that I've put myself around so many smart people that I can just listen to other people and know that they have done the research and and then I can take what they say because I know that they have done the research and they did read all the articles and understand all the articles, yeah. you know, like, um, and then, but then you still have to, you know, fact check what you need to fact check and look yep. up the stuff you need to look up to make sure that you can agree with it. But I've just surrounded myself by smart people all the time. And so I just, that's just who I'm going to lean to and then not feel like I need to make up my own decision about what I need to do, um, but I need to do what I feel comfortable with. 100%. Um, and then the other, the other point that I think that we tend to lose sight of is um, this like virus has been around in the world, if you want to say since November, it's still nine months, hasn't been a full year. So um, there's, I, I imagine there's still much more that we as a general humanity don't know about this than we know about it, right? Well, yeah, like we don't really know about with pregnant people and, you know, everything's still with kids and, you know, that's how it is with all medicine. It's like, you, there's such a small number of medicines you can take when pregnant because we haven't done the research to see if they are safe. They probably, all of them are probably are safe or we know some that are, that could be safe, but who wants to, who wants to research on a pregnant person? Nobody, right. nobody wants to volunteer for that. So we're just not going to get that information. Nobody wants to test on kids. Right. So, you know, right. the whole vaccine thing is going to be really tough with that too, because you know, I want to do all the studies that need to be done to make sure that it's safe. And that's, that's a whole nother probably topic for discussion. A different yep. Time. <laughs> yep. Um, but you know what though, I appreciate the, the candor. Um, and um, we didn't make it political, which is good. Um, <laughs> But I think we both kind of, I, I, I hopefully people can, are, who are listening, probably can um, listen between the lines and mm -hmm. kind of figure out a few things, but um, we don't need to like be uh, too obvious. No that. labels, no labels nope. needed. Nope. Um, okay, so let's do this. Let's do, uh, let's look at the week um, coming up here. So, I'm so are you purposely picking your bonus game as a close spread or are you randomizing it? Um, well, <laughs> or is that one of your secrets that we don't so get? Maybe this is a little <laughs> bit, let's just see who actually listens to the podcast and okay. we can kind of reveal it that way. Um, so, um, I, uh, my goal is to like the psychological game with this pool is mm -hmm. off the charts right oh yeah <laughs> um because each week like and, and there will be people who will send me three or four different emails each week changing their picks oh i'm um, sure so, i've been that person a couple of times right <laughs> so um, let's turn this back on you for a second brad how are you psychologically able to stay in your own pool when you never get any points? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> How, like, that's serious, like, serious buzzkill. I, like, but you know, it's not like, and, and that's the thing, like, I have a hard time reconciling it myself because I, like, every, my attitude every year is, okay, I'm just going to pick three, four, five games each week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, it seems, and, and you probably have the same attitude. Like, it seems like it should be a no brainer to pick three games or pick four games. Come on. Right. Four games out of 14 or 15. Come on. It should be easy. Right. Um, and it's like, 
I think I had the record, um, and well, I won the the hard luck award <laughs> last year, um, and I had the record for most uh, one loss weeks. So I would pick three out of four or four out of five or like that, you know. Yep. So um, so this year I'd like to think that um, it's going to change, but <laughs> um, you know, like this year is going to be at least the first few weeks. We talked about this at the beginning. Um, the first few weeks are going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we have no idea. I'm no. going to look at spreads, and that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and you know, and that, go back like, to the superstition that I have for certain teams. And I also wonder, like, and and this kind of leads into our first matchup too. Like, there's some teams that are allowing fans, right? And Kansas City has said, I think it's fifteen thousand, twenty thousand, something like yeah, that. A huge difference. You notice that in baseball, it's like I feel like baseball is how it is because it's it's so hard to play something when people aren't cheering for you. Right, home field advantage. Well, and then yeah. too, right, just the fact that you know, um, you've got the crowd behind you or the crowd is trying to distract the offense of yep. the opponents, all that. Like, there's all these kind of dynamics that... All the kickers, like, how many times do kickers freeze because of how the stands are? And, right. yeah. mm -hmm. and that's why, too, like, I think the Vikings are super unlucky <laughs> to have the Packers at home week one. <laughs> There's not going to be any fans there. They can only turn the volume up to 90 decibels. So, yeah. you know, it's um, the Vikings are losing a huge home field advantage right. against a division rival. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you, I guess that's why they play the game. So yeah. it, it's so, so I'm, uh, I'm going to work my darndest to try and get some points this year. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, like you don't want all the other nineteen years. Just kidding. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> well, and so if I, yeah, if I win the whole thing this year, they can't say it's rigged because why the hell wouldn't I have rigged it ten years ago, right? Um, you pick COVID year to do it, <laughs> right? Um, so, um, but more than anything, like, and this sounds really stupid too, but um, I love, like, all of you don't get to see the behind the scenes, like, psychology that everybody goes through, get. right? Yeah. Um, so, typically, it's, so there's a, I think there's about 128 uh, people in the pool this year. Um, so I will get anywhere from about 110 to about 140, um, maybe even 150. So like the big thing is if there's an obvious Thursday night game, people will send a pick in for Thursday night and then send mm -hmm. the rest of their picks in over the weekend, yep. which is fine. But that just adds, you know, that just adds to the, the email uh, backlog. But there are some weeks, yeah, um, that there will be 150 emails in my inbox. So it takes a couple of hours and I do it during the Monday night game. Mm -hmm. um, so it's gives me something to do, but, um, but it's so much fun to just see people like, Oh, I, I'm hoping to get this in on the, just before kickoff. So I'm hoping I made this on the deadline, check the timestamp, you know, <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. So, um, 
Um, it's really fun to see people, or even like the Monday night game. Yeah, Brad, I got three points. I'm not sure I want to take mm -hmm. a risk on the Monday night game, so I'm going to take it off the board, right? Mm -hmm. So and a blowout, um, and I should have picked it. <laughs> and now this year with the bonus game, yeah. Um, so I I try to pick a game because like I really could affect the outcomes for everybody if I picked an obvious game. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a close game because it's, I want you, if you're going to have enough skin to pick a close game, and I think the, I, I'm going to do it by like the point spreads. So I'm going to look and see which games are pick them or, or within yeah. a point or two. Um, um, because then I know that somebody really is taking a chance on it. And mm -hmm. if they take a chance on it and they get it right, they should get rewarded. But yeah. you still got that, uh, still got that risk reward that if you get it wrong, you've blown your whole week. So, <laughs> um, um, so I'm hoping that this will um, just add another dimension to the psychology of the game. Yeah, it definitely will. Uh, yeah, um, my my hunch is is that I don't think it will get played all that often because it typically will be a, the the close game at least early on maybe the second half of the season possibly um, I just know like the handful of people that I know really well in the pool some of them are my friends that have joined in just this last year mm -hmm. um, that I not convinced but offered to join and they were excited to join in uh -huh. you know there's some of them where that's like they want to pick all the games like they have this like somewhat cockiness where it's like I can pick all of these games you know and get it you know and so it's just like the temptation is gonna be too hard I think for some people to pass up um because they're gonna feel like they're gonna have to pick it to win like if you really want to win the week because that's such a more points it's that many less games you actually have to get right and so I could honestly see some people that are a little more on the cocky edge um to be able to say that they feel like they have to take it to be able to win a week Right. Because sometimes people were thinking, I mean, you had the last season, we had somebody with 11 winning a week. Like, that's insane. Yeah. That's before a, a bonus game. So yeah. if people feel the pressure that you need to pick 11 teams to get it right, mm -hmm. there could be a lot of people that feel like they have to take it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's unique, psychologically messing with everybody who listens and say they have well, to take it to beat me. <laughs> and, but that's an interesting perspective, too. Like, if, if 11 wins the week, but if you pick that bonus game, you don't have to pick 11 games, right? You only have to pick seven. Right. Yeah. Interesting. And if there's that one big upset that you decided not to take, you know, yeah. or one that was a big spread and you thought everybody's going to take it. I'm like, I'm not going to take it. Um, that's one secret I will say. And I will always take one, not always, but majority of the weeks, if there was like three games that were big spreads, I would purposely choose to not take one of them and then really hope there's a big upset. Yep. And I think this season that actually happened quite a few times yep. where there'd be the big upset. It was just nobody thought that they would lose or win or whatever. And I didn't choose that game yep. and got pretty lucky because yep. there was no skill behind that. It was nope. very random. Um, but just knowing that there could always be one big upset to not take it. That all counts. Yep. That's, yep. I love the strategy. I love it. <laughs> um, um, all right. So let's look at this week. Um, I, I, you can see my spreadsheet. Is that right? Yep. yep. All right, so what we're going to do is um, we'll just go week by week or game by game. Um, um, if you have any kind of like rationale or gut reasoning, <laughs> great, uh, go for it. I love the commentary. Otherwise, 
Um, we can just go right down and, and pick game after game. Um, so let's start first Thursday night game. Uh, Are these my official picks or am I still sending you an email? <laughs> no, you're still sending an email because <laughs> okay. this is just for fun. So we're okay. just going to pick every game here, right. you and I, and maybe we'll play for, uh, for, for a beer or something. Six pack. Uh, yep. Perfect. <laughs> I prefer Poop King right now. That just came back out. What's that? Pump King. I prefer that just came out now. So oh, the what brand is that? Southern Tier Pumpkin Beer. Very really? good. Nine mm percent -hmm. too. Who makes it? Um, Southern Tier. Oh. Okay. Yep. Check it out. All right. Okay. <laughs> pumpkin Beer. All right. Pumpkin. pumpkin. <laughs> um, okay. Houston right. at Kansas City. Who are you I mean, picking? You Got to take KC. Yep. You can't. I mean, it's their game to lose. Yep, 100%. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. um, Chicago, so this is the bonus game. Bonus and, game. And uh, Chicago at Detroit. Mm -hmm. um, I think these are two kind of not very good teams to be I know. Yeah. Um, and we did talk about how now APs over at Lions probably won't make much of a difference. Right. No. Um, yeah, it's always fun with the division team. Like, just growing up, my mom always told me she just didn't like the Bears as much as she liked the Lions. <laughs> I don't know if there were some <laughs> things from the past there or whatever. Right. Yeah. right. But here, just to be safe, I think I'll just go with the home team and go with the Lions. Okay, me too. I will do that. Um, Cleveland at Baltimore Ravens. I have my own sheet going here. Yep, no problem. In Baltimore. I mean... The Ravens has always just been a powerhouse. Cleveland hasn't really done a whole lot. I mean, it seems like one of the bigger spreads is that week too. So, yeah, it Ravens is. just seems easier. All right. Yep. And I will go with the Ravens too. So far, we're making this super interesting. <laughs> um, Green Bay at, at Minnesota. We don't even have to like, right? No. One thing though, I don't know if you look back at my my picks. I didn't pick the Vikings very often, even no. when they were picked when I didn't want to hate my whole weekend <laughs> if they lost and I chose them. Um, like, I don't think I ever once chose them to lose. I just couldn't do that either. I never, in fantasy, I have a hard time even picking, like, if I had a choice to get some Green Bay players on my team, or whatever. I just don't ever want to cheer against them. So I rarely picked the Vikings game unless the Vikings were really predicted to win. Um, you know, you're not like, you're not uncommon with other people who I've talked with on the podcast is the same, like their fandom um, prohibits them from either picking for their, their, their rooting team or even against them if they think they're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they just, they just avoid that game. Right. Right. I feel like that's when you're like your true fandom comes into play versus your desire to win money. You know, if you're, profession was to bet and make money by gambling then you can put those two aside but yep not when your true fandom comes in yep. so. always bet with your head yep you yeah. bet um indianapolis at jacksonville who you think for that um i feel like i want to make one upset pick here this could be one of my might go for i think i'm actually going to go for the colts on this one okay um, Even though they're not at home, well, I guess no, they're to win, but they're just not at home. Yeah, and you know, like the one thing I've been hearing and seeing on Twitter 
is like Jacksonville literally may not win a game this year. <laughs> so, I didn't see that headline. <laughs> so um, yeah. that might be, so every year, like I like to look at the teams who are undefeated and the teams who haven't won a game and see like if, if you extrapolated picking either for these two teams and against this one or two team, this is how many points you'd have. I think you could probably be pretty safe in picking against Jacksonville the whole season long. Good to know. Just, and that's advice from somebody who gets zero points every week. (laughs) (laughs) I've done a little more research this season than I have. (laughs) Um, uh, We've got the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, yes. At Carolina Panthers. Like, how do you even make a spread on this one? How do you even make a choice? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to go with the home team. I'm going to go with Panthers on that one. Okay. Well, then I will, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make an interesting radio. Make an interesting. And I'm going to go with Las Vegas on this. Um, um, I think this one, this was almost one of my um, bonus game. I almost made this the bonus oh, yeah. game, actually. Yeah. Because yeah. it was pretty close at one time, the spread. Yeah. I think the spread's only three, yeah. Yeah. Um, Miami Dolphins at New England Patriots, and New England doesn't have Tom Brady anymore. Yeah, that's right. And Dolphins don't usually show up. That's right. <laughs> my, my brother-in-law's a big uh, Dolphins fan, so it's always been fun giving him a hard time. <laughs> um, I still feel like, yeah, I'm still going with the Patriots on that one. Okay, well, I'm going to pick the upset on this one, and I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. Um, New York Jets at Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I know how much anything to say about that one. Besides, I'm single for the Bills. Okay, yeah, I think I am with you on that one. Um, uh, Philadelphia Eagles against. We've got to change this because they're not the uh, the. Have they officially changed their name? Yeah. Well, so they dropped their nickname, and now they're being called the Washington Football Team for this year. Okay. They don't have a nickname. All right. Um, which is good. Yeah. That's progress. Love it. The most kosher way of doing that. Yep. So my other little insight on Eagles, I rarely ever choose a game that the Eagles are in. I, when I started doing, um, before I ever started doing fantasy, the first football betting I ever did was back, um, was back when I was living in New York, so many years ago. And I was in the survivor pools, and that was just picking one team a week. And then mm-hmm. if you lost, you're out. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like four or five seasons in a row, whatever, even if I picked against or for the Eagles, that game threw me out each season and so I rarely ever pick an Eagles game as well <laughs> um, and I blame them completely uh, so and James is happy it. you don't pick them either right <laughs> yeah so now that I'm being forced to choose the game that they're in yeah um I know they're predicted to win but I might just go with the Washington football team just because mm. I hate the Eagles that much okay um that's uh, good because I will then take your hatred and pick a, pick the Eagles. That's the one game we have different. <laughs> <laughs> um, Seattle at Atlanta. And that's another close one. Yeah, and this almost was another one of my mm-hmm. bonus uh, ones. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go for the Seahawks away. 
Uh, I am going to go with, well, you know what? I'm going to take Atlanta. I think uh, I'm just uh, a home team and they're playing an early game on the East Coast. Seattle has to travel um, cross time zones first week. I think I'm going to go for the upset. Um, Los Angeles Chargers at Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati's got the number one quarterback, the draft pick, and he's going to start right away off the shoot. I don't know if that matters. Yeah, the spread doesn't say that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Listening to you, Brad. Right. (laughs) What is the spread? What is it? Uh, Three and a half. Three and a half for Los Angeles. Yeah. So, all right, I'm going to go by the Brad pick then. I'm going to go with the Bengals. You're going to go with the Bengals? Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with the Chargers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Arizona Cardinals at San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I go with 49ers on that one. Yep. I think you're right there. Whoops. Let's put both of us down. Uh, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady uh, at the New Orleans Saints. Oh, yeah. That'll be an interesting. That'll be a fun game to watch. That will be a fun game to watch for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the home team. How about the Saints? I think you're right. I'm going to go with the Saints too. Um, Dallas Cowboys at Los Angeles Rams Sunday night football. Um, well, a lot of these are close. Um, yep. I'm going to go with, this will probably upset James a bit, but I'll go with the Cowboys. Okay. <laughs> we won't tell him. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Well, as actually, well. be, I'm actually wondering if he's actually listened to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do get numbers, and um, so... T- <laughs> While I'll send out the full email for week one tomorrow, I'll also put a link to this podcast in the in the week one like matchups. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if uh, anybody clicks that link or not. And then we'll also see if he actually listens to the whole thing and doesn't just tell me he listened to it and tell me he's in the beginning. He has to listen all the way to the end to hear us talking. About it. Right. <laughs> well, here then this will be the this will be the proof, right? Because exactly. Monday night game yes. Pittsburgh at the New York Giants. Oh, yes. Oh boy, Sarah. I know. So <laughs> when we do put our picks in, we don't tell each other before we send our emails to you. Yep. We don't, we don't have, we don't sit and talk about who we want. You know, maybe we'll ask a good question or two about mm-hmm. certain things, but we don't know each other's picks at all until we send, hit send, and then right away, it's just like, all right, who'd you pick? Yep. Let me talk about it. Yep. And usually I always wait and tell them. <laughs> so <laughs> even after we say our picks, I'm like, well, maybe I picked the Giants. After, <laughs> or after they won, or, you know, I picked the team against them after they lost. Um, to make this fun, yep. do you want to cheer this week? I am going to go with the Giants. He's going to cheer with him and say that I did it for this. There you go. Well, and now we'll we'll really find out if he listened, right? Because <laughs> like this is at you know this, we've we've chatted for quite a while. So uh, mm-hmm. if he really stuck it out, um, <laughs> it's at the very end of the podcast. Um, all right, last game. Uh, so this is awesome too. Like that first week of the season, they have two uh, games on Monday night, right? So you can watch football from 
6 yeah. 15 our time up until midnight oh my god on yeah. monday night exactly and i work in the operating room on tuesday mornings my first case is at 7 30 so i oh. rarely ever get to watch this case um, so you're gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna stay up right you're gonna sack out if it was the vikings i could maybe consider it but would not be awake for this game so um and this is like zero it's nothing yeah tennessee yeah. at denver i almost made this one yeah. the bonus game too but i thought okay last game of the week yeah, yeah. i could really make some nail biters yep <laughs> yep you have to do it sometime this season but maybe not week one uh, yeah right yeah. i'll go with home team i'll go with the broncos okay i will too so we've got a few um we've got a few different uh, ones, yeah. differences one two three four five six games that are different mm -hmm. um out of 16 so that's not too bad um, all right. Well, uh, I've kept you long enough. I can, I can at least have it in mind if I. Yeah, I'll send this to you after so we can. Yeah, but what's your beer of choice? I can keep it in oh. mind just in case. Oh, um, you know, lately I've been drinking uh, Lagunitas okay. IPA. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so keep that, like, keep that in mind, but I'll be <laughs> buying your beer. I know. <laughs> my track record. <laughs> well, see. well see, this might be the year for Brad. You never hey, know. You never know. Um, oh, thank you. Well, in the in the pool. <laughs> well, let's let's <laughs> hope like this springs. You know, maybe some of your like luck and your uh, football IQ have has rubbed off on me. So we'll, we'll maybe stick in the luck category. <laughs> if if I win this year, you'll get a cut because um, <laughs> because of that like osmosis. Like all right, football. sounds good. <laughs> Um, thanks for joining me. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I, I hope, I hope uh, you've had some fun chatting tonight. Definitely, for sure. Thank you for having me. Um, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Say hi to James for me and the, and the kids. Um, and this has been the Football Cool Podcast for week one.